what's up? It's the Dinner Road Show, which is the 38. Um, it feels weird to be getting into these higher numbers. I don't know. Yeah. It's strange. Like, I, I feel like, because, like, it's weekly, right? So, like, whenever we get into that, you know, year-ish range, I'm going to start feeling really weird. I don't know why, but I don't know. Something about it. Like, like you know, you listen to other podcasts, and mm-hmm. they uh, they have, like, these really big numbers. They're like, oh, episode 200 or whatever. And it's like, wow, how the hell did they get there? It's like, well, they're doing an episode every week. And it's like, oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> That's 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 how they do it. They do an episode every week, and it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, I get it, I get it now. There's this um, one comic book podcast that's into like over a thousand. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I just kind of worry about the um the way I title the episodes because the title of this show is already very long, and then sometimes I come up with really long titles, mm-hmm. and so it just like that comes to this big string, and so then now the 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 episode numbers are getting longer, and it's like oh my god, this is it's 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 too much information. It's, it's I was actually too much. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the titles, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you've come up with like some some clever titles that kind of like uh-huh. play on stuff that we talk about in the episode, but they're not. Um, and I'm just throwing this out there. Like, you don't have to like take any of this or anything, but, uh-huh. so like for a show like ours, that isn't terribly established, right. um, as far as like, you know, they're, they're too, they're too specific and, uh, inside jokes. Not only that, but it's like, they don't really tell you much about what you're getting into. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's one thing to have an established show with titles like that. And it's like, oh yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they're talking about. And it's like, cause you already kind of know what you're getting into. Right. But for us, it's like, I don't know if it's, if they're going to grab somebody's attention in the way that something more like specific would. I know? know. I know. But like, I just think it's boring if th- I just title the show like. Oh yeah, uh, Norton antivirus Ethereum miner. Like you know, like you know, like. But at the same time, that might just, be more interest. That might catch somebody's attention. You know, it's like, oh, I wonder what that that is. But it's just really boring. Yeah, no, like, I agree. It is boring. Why can't I have for sale fart jar NFT never opened? Like that's <laughs> that's a, that's that's a title. That's a title. It's just a lot of words, but that's a title. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you don't have to take any of this. Uh, no, no, this, I just know. throwing it out there. I, no, I'm know, sure you I thought know. about it already. I definitely have. I know it's a it's a concern. It's definitely a concern. Um, yeah, because like I think I, that to your point, I think one of the uh, the best uh, one of our most listened to episodes was the um, one where I just dropped like I just it's I called it Afghanistan something when mm-hmm. we talked about the four chain idiot. That went to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like one of our more simpler titles. Um, then on the other hand, one of the episodes that I was worried about, which was called Smash Mouth Steve Gave Me COVID, that was also one of our <laughs> more listened to episodes. So <laughs> How did uh Sexy Beasts and Where to Find Them do? Uh that one that one did really well. That was like one of our that was also I don't think was that actually ones. that wasn't a real title, was it? I think it was something else, but it was something along those lines. It was yeah. it was also very long though. I like yeah, I got I gotta work on brevity. I gotta do my Shakespeare. I gotta I gotta make it a little, you know, more succinct. Ooh, speaking of Shakespeare, that's a bit of a foreshadowing for or a hint of something later. Um That's true. Which that's true. We, well, you don't I haven't mentioned it to you yet, but Oh, I thought you were talking about uh Matrix, but um Oh okay. that too. That too. Yeah, that's yeah. Um but yeah, so let's jump into our latest segment. Uh because there I started this segment because there was a lot of NFT shit. And then in the last week there was a fuck ton of NFT shit. So uh let's let's dive into some no fucking thanks. 
great. Now, can I, um, before you get into, because there's a lot of stuff here. There is. Um, but before yes. you get into that, can I just, uh, can we play a video sure, that I saw on TikTok? Sure. Um, yeah. Because, like, so if you're listening to this for the first time and you don't know what an NFT is, um, I yeah. came across a really good explanation of NFTs on TikTok uh, from this uh, user um, at Couple of Goofs. Just a good explainer, a quick explainer of what an NFT is. Pretty lady, can you explain NFTs? I can. You must be a man. Right. And then you say, hmm, I'm not satisfied with having the easiest course of life in human history. I think I would also like to own something that doesn't exist. And then you give some other person who I guess doesn't have to be a man, but probably is thousands of dollars. And they say, you own this thing. And they say, are you sure? And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a little post-it note that says you own it. I mean, yeah. There you have it. That's basically it. NFTs are fucking digital receipts for usually JPEGs. They're usually images. Mm -hmm. um, maybe sometimes you'll get an SVG, um, get the high quality version of the fucking image that you've decided to purchase the receipt for. Um, but yes, they are digital receipts. That is basically it. Uh, if you want to be charitable, they're maybe digital um, deeds to JPEGs. I saw somebody cases. somebody asked the question, <laughs> and I was wondering the same thing. I think we even talked about this. Is like the ones that go for a lot of money, mm -hmm. like the, the pieces of of art, quote unquote art. Why yeah. is the art always so bad? Because uh, there there are, there are a couple factors. Because um, one, real artists want nothing to do with this shit. Uh -huh. And they don't want their art to be used as NFTs, even though uh, NFT people are just actively stealing real art to try to use as NFTs. Uh, those ones you don't really see because the artists try to uh, prevent that from happening. Um, the other reason is that uh, a lot of the NFT artwork is not sometimes they claim that it's being uh, generated like algorithmically or um like procedurally uh usually what they mean is that uh they created a fucking template in like adobe illustrator with a bunch of layers so it's really just the same image uh for whatever reason they've decided to use uh personified animals uh and it's usually like a um a bust shot so it's like the head of a personified animal and so they use the uh uh a million layers on top of the base creature and they could just add a bunch of shit on top whether that's recolorings uh they can give it a cigar they can give it a hat they could whatever give it a drop of blood they can just add all this other shit onto it and say that it's a different image so it's just sort of like going into a, a game that has a crazy character uh creator that like lets you just put anything on top of the character and just throwing everything on top of it and saying that it's a different thing. Because um, each so one needs to be needs to be unique. Yes, quote unquote unique. Yeah. Yes. Even though it really is just the same base image, just slightly altered or just having the, the fucking kitchen sink thrown at it. And then they'll claim that the more shit that it has, the quote unquote more rare it is. And so therefore its supposed value is higher. Uh, and it, this is all just being made up random shit. Um, they're trying to take, I guess, the language of trading cards, uh, and apply it to things that they've just, uh, made up 
wholesale. Yeah, it's crazy. Because like trading cards are, they usually look nice and they're based on things that you like. Whereas mm-hmm. this has no actual meaning or um, like value outside of what, you know, what they're claiming it does. Right. Like a trading card, like there are ones that are associated with trading card games. Like you have your Pokemon, you got your Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. So it has that value in it specifically where it can be used to play a fucking game. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Then they have actual rarity where on, like the rarest cards only a few are made. I mean that is obviously artificially created by the the manufacturer of the cards. They only make a select number of those rare cards to uh, determine that rarity. Um, but then there are also other variables in collecting, like the uh, the um, the the quality of the print. Uh, if there are printing defects, sometimes that increases the rarity. Sometimes it decreases the rarity. Um, and I'm no expert on this shit. But this is just what you know. Um, uh, um, the the quality of the physical card itself, if it has been damaged in packaging, if it you know it was taken out of the packaging, you know all all that kinds of shit. Um, and then sports uh, cards is a whole other different thing, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, th- there are cards from uh, decades ago that have historical value. There you know there are uh, especially in sports cards. I think the um, uh, well, there's a whole authenticity angle. Um, there are variables with the printing there too. I think there are specific hockey cards where they they look for um, the way that certain cards have been printed because a lot of hockey cards were actually printed like on very cheap like card stock, um, and so they look for like misaligned prints and things like that to determine like um, like first run cards of a certain set or something like that um and so yeah there are like so many variables that determine the supposed and you know you don't have to buy into that either like the supposed uh, value of actual cards mm-hmm. and so the nft people are transposing that sort of language onto digital bullshit that they've just made up in illustrator in about 10 minutes <laughs> yeah and saying that oh this is rare because we gave it uh, a hat and sunglasses that one's real rare it's like okay man yeah sure um and then they'll say that's like yeah no this one gets you digital perks like oh you have access to the special discord if you if you own this one because you have to show proof of your nft receipt to get into the special discord it's like okay that's not really value that's not really the same as you know, having a, a trading card that I can use to play a fucking video game or a, a, a physical card game or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's NFTs in a nutshell. I know we've talked about it, but yeah, I guess we haven't given an explainer, so that is good that we've done that now. Um, somebody, um, this is an aside, but it reminded me. Somebody recently asked me if I was a uh, a hockey card YouTuber. Oh, because, because um. In NHL, my my team name is, um, and you might find this a bit, a bit cringy, but it's "Great Day for Hockey," which is the uh, you know like the Penguins like uh, slogan or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so like, I guess there's like a YouTuber uh, with that same name for like his channel, and he opens like oh. hockey card packs or whatever. So then somebody who played me in the game was like, "Oh, are you that YouTuber?" And I'm like, "Oh no, I." I'm just, you know, a Penguins fan. They, they didn't even realize that that was like the Penguins like motto. And then this guy turns out, of course, he's a Penguins fan as well. Sure, sure, sure. So huh. I thought that was pretty funny. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So after our crash course on NFTs, uh, yeah, there was a lot of NFT bullshit this week. So um, this first one, um, you're you're familiar with actor, voice actor Troy Baker, right? Uh, yes. Okay. 
Um, so can I just uh, say, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I've necessarily had any basis for this, and maybe it's something I shouldn't say in a podcast, but he's always come across as kind of a douche. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, like, not that he's actually, to my knowledge, really done anything, but like, just kind of the energy that whenever I listen to him. Yeah, his whole, his whole persona was very. Uh, it, that's funny that I say persona, but uh, yeah, his whole deal was very uh, douchey and uh, head up his ass. Yeah, yeah, just a little um, bit too egotistical. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Troy Baker, famous for uh, Joel in The Last of Us, one of my favorite with, video games of all time, yeah. by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> along with a million other roles, uh, like I mentioned, Persona, and he uh, played uh, Kanji Tatsumi in Persona Four. Uh, he's million million roles. I don't yeah. need to go over his resume. Um, so anyway, he 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 tweeted out that he was getting involved into some uh NFT scheme where well, this uh, is backing up my claim already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, called voice ver- voice verse voice verse NFT. Uh, and so he tweeted, "I'm partnering with voice verse NFT to explore ways where together we might bring new tools." to new creators to make new things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What'll it be? And then there's the requisite uh, really bad art uh, bust shot, which I suppose it's supposed to be him uh, in a cartoon style uh, accompanying the tweet. Um, and so, of course, everybody everybody disliked that. Everybody hates that because it's an NFT thing. And uh, so it turns out that this voice verse NFT project is meant to be an AI algorithm where they take a person's voice and basically deep fake it and turn it into clips that are then NFTs that you can purchase. But why not just have the person record the lines themselves? Of course, yes. <laughs> and so... Outwardly, it looks like they are uh, doing like just a shitty version of Cameo mm-hmm. created like just an AI version of Cameo, a deep fake Cameo. Um, and like <laughs> so then after just a, a, a modicum of digging, it turns out that they stole whatever AI module they're using from a a basically an independent developer that you uh, put up the um this uh their project as um I'm looking for the right word it's not freeware but as a like basically free license like that anybody can use it so this uh, is this is really starting to sound like the matrix now yeah anybody can use it except uh, the license states that you cannot use it for any commercial venture. So you could fuck around, you could use it for your personal projects, mm-hmm. but you cannot use it to make money, basically. And this it's, is it's the it. thing that they've, this is like the foundation of their entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They completely just have taken their algorithm and are using it and saying that it's, hey, this is this thing that we've we've created and are partnering with uh, these celebrities. Um, and so then their, their stated goal of what their actual... Um, 
thing is, so like they're doing like these, they're selling these stupid clips or whatever. Um, and apparently, like, I don't know, they just keep posting these drawings. So I don't know if they're also selling the NFT drawings of people. I don't, I don't know. Like they're not even like posting that many clips. They're just kind of posting. Like here's one with the, uh, uh, they also partnered with the um, voice actress for D.Va from Overwatch. Mm -hmm. um, and so they did the same thing as Troy Baker where it's just like, it's a, it's a, they posted a drawing of her like, like a headshot um but nothing about her using her voice or like anything like that like they say they are but they're just not like a clip or anything i'm just so um, hung up on the whole deep fake aspect of it right because if they have like the consents of these these voice actors and they're on board with this and they're associated with it, then why do you have to fake their like why do you have to fake their voices i don't understand that just takes away from the authenticity of it because i guess you don't want to be an actual celebrity and have to sit there recording fucking nfts Oh, so they're just going to be making like a ton of these just like with okay, like okay, slight variations okay. and stuff. So here's one. This is they they either used or they partnered with Stephon Curry or St is it Stephen Curry? I don't know. The basketball oh, yeah, so player. They're getting like huge names for this. Well, see this one. I don't know if they partnered with him or if they're just using him. Uh, so, hey, Stephen Curry, have you heard of voice NFTs? This is you in the voice verse. All right. And so they posted something. All right. It just looked good from the time I left her hand. And I was like, wham, bam, can of ham. That's going in. <laughs> Okay. Was that, that was an NFT? That was an NFT. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, I don't know. They they posted it on their Twitter, um, but like, there's no. Okay, and then they have to explain. FYI, the voice was not AI generated. It was taken from, and then this YouTube link. This will not be available as an NFT. But if Stephen Curry is interested. Okay, so you don't even have like a thing. You don't even have NFTs. Like this whole project doesn't make any sense. No, this sounds like, this is just sounds like a scam. I mean, everything yeah. related to NFTs, most of the, most things sound like a scam, but this especially, like what is going on here? They, their first tweet was, hey, have you heard of voice NFTs, Stephen Curry? This is a voice NFT. And then like, oh, by the way, this was not an AI thing, which is our pro supposed project. Um, and this is not an NFT. But it could be. It's like, oh, so you're not even doing the thing that you're saying that you're doing. <laughs> because the real thing probably sounds much worse than that. Right. Yeah. So they don't want to actually put that out there because people realize, oh, this is shitty and we don't want this. Yeah. So so the day the Troy Baker did this where everybody's like, no, nah, this sucks, man. This doesn't make sense. And this sucks. And you should not do this. Um, he, he, uh, tweets out a little, um, it's not an apology. It's not even an explainer. It's just kind of some bullshit. Um, but anyway, he says, I always want to be part of the conversation, even if sometimes that finds me in the midst of a loud one. Appreciate y'all sharing your thoughts and giving me a lot to think about. I'm just a storyteller out here trying to tell my story to whoever will hear it and hoping I can help others to do the same. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm grateful there are those who are passionate about their stance and not only feel safe to express that, but also have the means to do so. The quote, hate slash create part might have been a bit antagonistic. Hope y'all forgive me for that. Bad attempt to bring levity. Anyway, feel free to resume the conversation or not as you please. I appreciate those with truth showing it, those who with support offering it, and those with anger doing their best to express it. And then, uh, uh, devil horns, uh, hand sign emoji. Yeah, see, this is, this is what I was talking about. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's too much. He's just yeah. too full of himself. Yeah. And, uh, that was, that was a week ago. And, uh, he has not said anything about it since. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me all that the, any, anybody still related to the video game industry is trying NFTs of any kind because the backlash is always immediate and it is very vocal. Like yeah. <laughs> people in like the video game community does not like NFTs anywhere yeah. near, anywhere near its stuff. So yeah. Yeah. And this one, this one, not only did they steal their whole thing, uh, they're, they're apparently not even using it. 
Um, so they just, their ad there was just a YouTube clip of something that Stephon Curry said. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Like, that's what we do on our show, and we don't pretend that it's a product. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be honest, uh, well, we'll talk about it later, but there's that, that Leon Dreisaitl interview. If there was anything to be turned into an NFT... <laughs> Well, hey, you know, this could be an NFT. You got to got to let them know. Do you think All we right. should switch to that deepfake program for a podcast? Oh, yeah. So we, do, we don't actually have to show up and record. We can just like type some stuff out and then just do, great. Let, the, let the program do, do, do the yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah. We could we could feed it all 37 previous episodes <laughs> and then it'll just spit out. It'll just be me saying persona, persona, persona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 bullshit. Persona. <laughs> uh. All right. So uh, this next one, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, this one is fucking wild. Um, so a <laughs> a group of intrepid uh, crypto investors, uh, which is always, <laughs> always, so, it, that just means it's like that. It's like the TikTok said, that's just a group of dudes. Mm-hmm. This is a group of dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. So this crypto group who are calling themselves uh, Spice DAO, um, they... <laughs> They they bought a copy of Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky's um, n- like notebook mm-hmm. and notes uh, for his version of the film Dune, which we talked about on a previous episode because you now watched this is, uh, the documentary. Yes. So this is a physical copy of the book. Yes, yes. Which is uh, in itself a, a very rare thing. Yes, there's apparently only like um, 20 of them mm-hmm. because it's like this sort of like photocopied it was passed around to um you know different studios uh different people that he was potentially collaborating with people that wanted to see it so on and so forth so um it's not like there's like this one singular copy or like an original copy or anything like that uh there there are a few copies uh of it floating around uh there's apparently estimated to be about 20 i think um so they purchased the this copy for three million dollars. Um, it was in a uh, front in a, a Christie's Paris sale on uh, November twenty second. Um, so it's it, it was originally estimated to have a value of between twenty five to thirty five thousand euros, and they purchased it for a hundred times that. That is quite the <laughs> underestimation. Oh my god. Yes. Um, and so their goal with purchasing the copy was to, uh, quote, issue a collection of NFTs that are technically innovative and culturally disruptive, a first of its kind. They uh, are uh, intending to splice up the book into NFTs and sell them and burning the physical copy. Oh, man. They should be put in jail. Now. (laughs) I hate this so much. Now. uh, They claim that burning the book would be, quote, an incredible marketing stunt which could be recorded on video, and that the video itself could Would be become an NFT. As an NFT. <laughs> yes, saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just love the phrasing. That could, we could be recorded on. We could record it on video if, if you want. If somebody's got their phone out, we could record it. We're just gonna burn it anyway. But if somebody's got their phone out, we could record it. Um, so this is just piracy. Like they're scanning the, they're scanning the pages and they're selling them online. Like that's all this is. This is just piracy. So they, cl- they're claiming that they would digitize and make the book public. Actually, uh, no, it's not piracy because piracy. Hold on, hold on. Well, it okay. You continue, continue. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm having many thoughts, but go, go on. Yeah. Hold on. 
they claim they're going to digitize it and make it public. Uh, that they would produce an original animated series based on the book for a streaming service. Uh, streaming service. I'm sorry, and that it would quote a support derivative project. Uh, they, they state their goals here. Quote: We won the auction for two hundred two. Uh, I'm sorry, two point six six million euros. Now our mission is to one make the book public uh, in parentheses to the extent permitted by law in parentheses. Two, produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service. Three, support derivative projects from the community. We need to, st- has anybody told Jodorowsky about this? Like, we need to stop this. This is, t- this is terrible. This is like his intellectual property that they're going to capitalize on. Now, there are many, many problems with their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Many, many problems. Number one, number one, the biggest problem is that the book is already available online. Oh, is it really? Yes. I actually didn't know that. You so can somebody somebody beat them to it. You can view it online for free, yes, because there have been copies circulating since I, uh, the 70s. Yeah, so I, yeah, you figure somebody at one point would have <laughs> would have wanted to share it with the world, right? Yeah. Um, the, so that's yeah, good. The, there is, I just literally opened, here, I can even send this to you. I just, from this article, literally opened a, uh, there's like fucking Google Photos okay. link to scanned pages. Oh, there we go. Of the entire packet. Um, high quality scans, front to back. You can see all the designs mm-hmm. uh, for free and nobody's making a fuss about it. See, this so, is the one thing I thought they had going for them because I didn't know these existed. So I thought, exactly. okay, maybe they were actually capitalizing on opportunity here because there is demand for, like, people would want to see this, I'm sure. Um, you but yeah, think, you can just right. Google it. <laughs> and you could just Google it. So clearly, so clearly they also were not aware <laughs> of the fact that it is widely available online oh with a tiny Google search. And Amazing. people have uh, fantastically organized it into uh, an easily, easily digestible Google Photos album uh, with high quality scans. Now, (laughs) so the other problem is that purchasing the book, okay, does not give them the rights to do anything with it. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, has somebody told Jodorowsky about this? Because especially the animated adaptation thing, like, that can't be allowed. That's not possible. Not even close. They have no shot. No. They have no shot. Even, Even if these crypto dipshits could cobble together uh, an actual team of real animators that could make something, uh, one, presentable, and two, like, decent, that they could actually sell, quote-unquote, to a streaming service, um, then they would be making Dune, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they, would be ma- they would be making Dune. They would not be making Jodorowsky's Dune or whatever. They would be making Dune. Mm-hmm. So then <laughs> you have... Uh, I don't know who owns. Well, actually, that'd be the that would be the uh, the movie rights to Dune at that point. So not only would you be dealing with Frank Herbert's estate, uh, which is still active because his son is maintaining and upkeeping that, then you'd be dealing with fucking Warner Brothers. So yeah, this was not, not this was not well thought out at all. And and I to would, throw <laughs> three million out there at a plan that you didn't even think. Like literally, the first big obstacle is a Google search away. I I would not want to fuck around with the the uh, the IP team at Warner Brothers. <laughs> no, you'll get thrown into the matrix. You'll get thrown into a little pod, and and you'll right. never be seen again. Right? Yeah. The, the second biggest media company on, that the world has ever seen, ever seen. 
<laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fuck around with their cash. Whenever- I also wonder. I also wonder if if they think like because Jodorowsky's 92. I just Google him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they think he like passed away. <laughs> probably. They probably assumed no that he was clue. dead. Yeah. Seriously, no fucking clue. Um. But yeah, I would not want to fuck around with Warner's money whenever they are planning on finishing the Dune trilogy, and you're gonna try to put up some <laughs> rinky dink YouTube animation of Dune. While they're trying to finish off a, a an epic trilogy of sci-fi proportions that we haven't seen since Star Wars, like, <laughs> and and also the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune actually did this already because there's plenty of animation in that where he's telling the story of what I would have happened in it. Yeah, so I figured. Yeah, this already and exists. So, and so then, if you're not sticking so closely to either uh the original dune or jodorowsky's dune because he gets too close to dune for well, then you're to, making then you're making star wars then you're making star wars or then you're just making some random sci-fi thing and then it's like well who gives a shit yeah <laughs> why would anybody give a shit what these crypto bros are making nobody wants to see that they would want to see the actual jodorowsky dune or they would want to see real dune mm-hmm. so why would they give a shit what you're doing so so that's the other problem <laughs> um and then the the same it's it's basically the same thing with the making NFTs of the book, uh, just because you purchase this is li- so this is basically the same thing as me purchasing a hardcover copy of Dune, uh, like ripping it apart, scanning the pages, and trying to sell them as NFTs. Yeah, this is that's basically what they did. Yeah, it's it's piracy, and you're profit, trying to profit off of it. Uh, yeah. It's like they think just because they paid a lot of money for it that they that now own like the the thing itself, like the you know the rights to it. Yeah, they did not purchase any kind of copyright. They did not purchase any kind of reproduction rights. They did not purchase any kind of IP rights. They purchased a physical book. Like they actually would have had just as much success, and by that I mean none at all, by going to Google and and pulling up these, like the scans that are already freely available and just turning those into NFTs. Right. Like they didn't have to spend the $3 million. You would have had the same exact result. (laughs) Same exact result. Same thing. Same illegality. Same same thing, but they wouldn't be three million in the hole. Yeah, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're probably thinking we'll make this back in like in like a week. It's gonna be so profitable. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, the the lawsuits, if they go through with this, are going to be fascinating, and I cannot wait. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, because nobody should nobody should prayer. inform them about any of the legal problems here. They should just con- just let them be. Let them <laughs> let them go down this road. <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> It's gonna be very fun. It's gonna be very fun. I mean, I would pay to to hear Jodorowsky's reaction to this if he learns about it, because um, he's yeah. such a character himself. <laughs> and just like <laughs> thinking about, I mean, first you'd probably have to explain to him what an NFT is, but then of once course. you got past yeah. that, I'd love to hear how he reacts to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably he'd probably say something along the lines of like, "Do you know how many studios I went to <laughs> to try and get this movie made? You think you can you can do this now?" <laughs> Right. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. It, it, it's just the fucking, the fucking hubris of it to just mm-hmm. be like, um, oh, yeah. Not even that we're, we're going to make an animation, which is an incredible undertaking on its own rights. Animation is like one of the harder forms. Like the, it, it is time consuming. It is labor intensive. Uh, just that on yeah. its own. Well, okay. that's okay, though, because with the amount that they make off of the NFTs, they can hire some very skilled animators. That's that's what they that's what they think. Yeah, of course. Um, so there's that. 
But then they don't even like just say that. They're just like, oh yeah, we're just gonna sell. We're just gonna sell something to a streaming service. A streaming service <laughs> is gonna pick this up immediately. It's like, why? Who the fuck are you? Who are yeah, we're you? gonna we're gonna go to Netflix and sell them a Warner Brothers property mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. They're not even gonna open your fucking email, dude. Ugh. All right. You said they're called something DAO. It should be DOA. That, that's that's where this is going here. <laughs> Uh, all right uh then i got uh just a couple quick ones those are the two big stories Uh, i got some couple quick ones here um so norton uh one of everybody's top two favorite uh antivirus softwares that uh loves to slow down your fucking computer and give you lots of annoying pop-ups uh they've decided to get into the crypto game they've decided to install an ethereum miner (laughs) onto your computer (laughs) Now, that sounds like the exact type of thing that an antivirus should be protecting you from. Yes, yes. Okay, so, just, just, just to make that clear. So, uh, antivirus software is um, infamous for uh, blocking any sort of mining software. You have to like go through a million layers of whitelisting to get any kind of mining software to run on your computer. Um, and even then, like every single uh, like virus definition update will just continually block the mining software. You have to keep re-enabling it. So Norton's like, hey, what if we just slip ours in and then bing, bang, boom, we can block all the other ones. And there we go. People can just use ours. Uh, so there's like there's a weird conflict of interest there. Uh, then, as it turns out, uh, all mining software for for your use of it they take a percentage because like, oh, we made the software. We're giving it to you to use for free ostensibly. So we're going to take a, a small percentage of whatever you're mining. Um, and that percentage is usually no higher than like 3%. Uh, it's usually as low as like 0.5% and maybe as high as 3%. Um, Norton is very brazen with it. Uh, they have said that they are taking 15% oh my. of whatever you are mining. <laughs> Right off the top. Uh, And this is paid software. So you're already paying for the antivirus. You're installing an Ethereum miner. uh, And then they're taking 15% of whatever you're mining. I mean, Um, it is clever that they're they're controlling an area where, like, they have the ability to block out everybody else. Like, that's that's pretty, pretty clever. Um, Yeah. But it's also just awful. Yes. And there have already been reported problems where, uh, and it, it, it clearly looks like old people that have no fucking clue what they're doing. Sure. Contacting support. They don't know where their coins are going. Their coins are missing. All kinds of confusing shit. They don't understand the transaction fees. Ethereum transaction fees are super fucking high. Uh, so like, even if they're mining something and then they're going to try to trade it out of whatever little wallet that Norton gives you. It's basically gone because of the transaction fees. There are all sorts of problems where they're trying to, like, if if you're being charitable, they're maybe trying to make mining approachable to, like, the average person. Mm, But they're not actually going through the work of, like, explaining what any of this actually is or is doing or how you're actually supposed to really use it or how you should be, like working with your own fucking funds like this is this is ostensibly money and uh it's it's really messy it's really gross um yeah it's a it's it's a mess um and i can imagine that really all that falls onto the uh the customer support people right because they have to they have to explain everything 
because the company itself, you know, because the company itself is so bad at that, then everything just all the problems fall to them. Yeah. So so then you you were maybe helping people set this software up. They were probably having problems with if you're using Norton antivirus, then you probably have viruses anyway from all the weird shit you're clicking on uh, because you're old and don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then all of a sudden you need to tell people how to like, like what Ethereum even is and like what they do with it or what it means. Like, like all that shit on top of, you know, telling them not to click on porn. Like, like you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a weird situation. Um, so that's what Norton's up to. Uh, I think the 15% is just incredibly, incredibly brazen. Um, like, like you're, you're paying for this, you're paying like a subscription because everything's a fucking subscription now. So you're paying for the subscription to this software. And then they're like, Hey, you can make a little bit of money with our software, but we're going to take 15 whole percent off the top. Well, they can do um, it because their target demographics probably don't know any better. And then they have also blocked out everybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why they can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, lousy. Gross. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this next one, uh, crypto.com. Uh, you might be familiar with them because they purchased the naming rights to the Staples Center. Oh, yes. I heard about that. <laughs> so it is now the Crypto.com Arena. It is no longer the famous Staples Center. It is the Crypto.com Arena uh, where the Lakers play, where the Kings play. Uh, so Crypto.com, they were hacked for uh, when I wrote this, it was uh, $15 million worth of Ethereum. Uh, and as I was looking today, it turns out it was actually $34 million worth of Ethereum and Bitcoin uh, was hacked uh, because their two-factor authentication system was compromised and uh, transactions were being proved, approved without the need for two-factor authentication being uh, controlled by the user. Um, so once again, the thing that is supposed to prevent something from happening is the cause of the problem. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so 483 of its users were effective. I'm sorry, affected, and uh, the unauthorized withdrawals of over 15 million dollars worth of Ethereum and 19 million worth of Bitcoin and 66,000 in other currencies occurred. Uh, so that's a total of 34 million dollars. Um, and this I'm is ass- higher than what they originally uh, had stated. I'm, I'm assuming Ethereum and Bitcoin are not backed up by like the FDIC. No, 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 nope, no, they are not. You have to pay taxes on them now, but no, they are not backed by any kind of protection whatsoever. No. So is this all just gone? It is gone. Wow. It is gone. Um. So, uh, this TechCrunch article says, uh, Crypto.com is the world's fourth largest crypto exchange. Uh, it's been pushing into U.S. markets. Uh, with including viral advertisements featuring Matt Damon. Uh, have you have you seen that ad? I have not. It's very strange. Uh, it, it it could literally be an ad for anything, anything at all. Like just think of think of any product, any service. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, it just says crypto.com. Like you know, there's a chance. There's a chance I have seen it. Then <laughs> I just like yeah. thought nothing of it, and it just it's, passed by me without me realizing. It's just Matt Damon kind of walking around a thing that looks like an Apple store, and he's talking about being brave and bold and uh, doing doing things and and being being out there and being uh, uh, brazen and all this kinds of shit. Like, just like talking. It's just this weird monologue. Um, and then at the end, like he looks at a mountain or something. I don't know. And then it's just crypto.com. And that's the ad. Huh. It's like 45. It's like a 45 second spot. It's really it's really strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange ad. 
Um, but yeah, they have been pushing hard, and so then, of course, that means they're going to be a target for an attack because the more mainstream they get, that means the more uh, casual users will flock to their their service. Um, so yeah, so um, the 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 biggest thing that people can do is if they're if they're even slightly in crypto or whatever, and they're they're using these exchanges, uh, do not leave your shit onto the exchanges. You have to keep your shit into a, a, a wallet that you control. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, so like, so nothing can touch it. Like, otherwise, this kind of shit can happen. Um, I mean, this is like a large scale like bank robbery, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. This is this is like a bank being hacked. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, there's there's no backing. There's no, right, there's no right, insurance right. on it, so it is just gone. Uh, Crypto.com could um, do something, and I don't. I haven't seen anything about them like taking steps to be like. Hey, you know what? Uh, this this was our bad. Our security was lax. Uh, we're just gonna eat this and reimburse these users. I would hope uh, that they do something like that. I mean, I'm sure they have the means that. to. They definitely have the means to, or at least they're pretending to have the means to. Uh, th throwing all this cash around. Um, whenever these hackings take place in the crypto space and they lose this kind of money, uh, they just kind of shrug their shoulders and say oopsie and then hope it blows over oh wow. uh it happens again and again um other exchanges get hacked uh uh mining operations get hacked or uh in the, in the case of some other ones they pretend to get hacked uh they lose the coins whenever they're at a very high value quote unquote lose um and then they suddenly regain the coins whenever they're at a very low value mm -hmm. uh, and then reimburse the users which happened in the case of i don't remember which um, mining operation that was but that was something that they did. Um, so yeah, there there is really nothing forcing them to reimburse their users, right? Especially, especially because, as this article states, this was only uh, four hundred and eighty three users. Um, so it seems that uh, like probably large accounts were targeted, especially because that's a lot of money for uh, only like five hundred users. Oh, so this person um, could have been like a like a Robin Hood if they actually like distributed it back into. <laughs> Sure. You know what I mean? Like they took from the the wealthy, and they but that's not what happened here, right? Uh, so yeah, so yeah. If if you have crypto, do not keep it on exchanges or trading platforms because you have no protection whatsoever. Put it stories in a like wallet. this. Stories like this make me feel justified by not giving any kind of a shit about cryptocurrency and not doing anything related it's to the, it. It's the smart way to go. It is. <laughs> it is. Um. All right, so we got one more here, and then we can get out of this segment. Uh, Twitter is introducing NFT profile pictures, so you can identify, even with higher precision, who is an NFT dweeb and who is not, um, even though they usually let you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not shy really, about it. It's usually really easy because you see a really ugly monkey or a lion, or they put .eth in their username, and so you know that they're a crypto dork. Um, but now Twitter is like, okay, yeah, we're just going to let you identify them. Uh, so if, if you are a paid subscriber to Twitter, which is a thing apparently, uh, <laughs> they must not have been pushing that too hard because I've never heard of that. I think it's relatively new. Okay. Um, so if you're a paid subscriber to Twitter and if you link, if you link your fucking wallet to Twitter, which don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, you were just saying keep your wallet out of reach from any any yeah. sort of. <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't do that. We talked about it before with Discord doing NF like trying to like uh, dip their toe into NFT shit. Don't 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 link your financial shit mm -hmm. to social media profiles 
or messaging profiles or gaming profiles don't don't do that don't but if you're an nft person go ahead go ahead uh so yeah so if you if you if you pay for the twitter subscription and you, you link your nft wallet to twitter uh you now get a hexagon instead of a circle profile badge around your nft picture okay whoopee i mean hey this is better than what we talked about earlier because there's actually like something like tangible here uh, sure um, i mean you know it's <laughs> but it's a low bar but okay okay yeah but it's like you paid thousands of dollars for the ugly monkey right mm-hmm. all right you got suckered in that and it's like I need everybody to know that I paid for the ugly monkey. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you have to cough up even like, I don't know how much the Twitter thing costs. Say it's $5. Say now you have to pay $5 a month to Twitter <laughs> for everyone to see your hexagon ugly monkey. And you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I got, I got to do it. I just got to keep, just got to keep plunking down cash. I mean, I guess at that point, $5 is nothing if you're paying exorbitant amounts of money for monkey JPEGs. But... <laughs> But why give why give your why give your money to Twitter though? Why not like find a Patreon or you know some independent artist or you know <laughs> if they wanted if they wanted that's the problem if they wanted good independent art they would have done it they wouldn't have bought the monkey JPEG. It's true, yeah. So <laughs> this this audience is already too JPEG. far gone, yeah. So that, so at this point I'm like, all right, let's just bleed them dry. Let's just keep funneling the cash out of them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's going to Twitter, but like let's just keep funneling the cash. Out of these dweebs. Sure. They want the hexagon. They can get the hexagon. I saw one of them was like, oh, I thought we'd get a check mark or something. It's like, what? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're a verified dork. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) I don't like the shape of a hexagon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, And then I saw uh, TweetDeck, the the Twitter alternative app, uh, has a plugin called Better TweetDeck, uh, and they quickly updated it to allow you to instantly mute anybody that has a hexagon. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So you can go ahead and uh, get that going. But You uh, know what I might have to mute? And I'm not, like, saying anything bad about it. A lot of people seem to be enjoying it. I just don't do it, so I, like, feel out of the The Wordle? Loop. The Wordle. It's like I half did, of my Twitter it. timeline. Yep. It's just squares. I, d- I did it, yeah, like, the second day I saw that shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it was, cool. It was, people seem really into it, and, and they seem to really enjoy sharing it, which is which is fun and stuff, but I just don't get anything out of it, so I don't, yeah, I don't do yeah, it. Yeah, good for them. I can't give a shit. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was, that was an easy, quick mute. Easy. Yep. At first, I'm like... Ooh, am I getting really old because the people I follow are into crossword puzzles now? But it, it seems to be catching on pretty much everywhere. So it was it was a lot of older people. It's, like, it is, like, yeah, like our age and older that mm-hmm. uh, like I follow that were uh, posting it. And I was like, I no, I can't, I can't. If I'm not if I'm not going to be into it, and it's not really interesting to see or whatever but like i still you know want to follow these people <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like a bunch yeah. of indecipherable squares and then replies yeah. being like whoa that's amazing <laughs> like, yeah, I it's like don't a, understand. yeah it's like all right cool if yeah. you're having fun and you're talking to people that are enjoying it fine i just i don't want to see it yeah uh like i'm not gonna like say like oh you shouldn't post this oh no no, no not at all it's I'm like just no yeah do what you want to do but yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to see it <laughs> yeah i am with you on that one um but yeah, that was no fucking thanks. That was basically the entire show this week, I guess. Uh, but there was a lot going on. Um, so yeah. While we're in the tech sphere, should we just uh, enter the matrix? 
Sure. Okay. I should probably uh, disclose something. Okay. Uh, just, you know, full transparency here. Sure. Um, I did not end up finishing the second Matrix movie. Okay. N- nor did I watch the third Matrix movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went and skipped right ahead to uh, the Matrix 4 Resurrections. Okay. And I did watch that in its entirety, which is what we're talking right. about today. So I wanted yeah. to I wanted to make that make that known. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Did, did you uh, do a synopsis? reading i was like i should do that yeah but screw it and then okay. i i watched i watched the fourth one without any okay sort of, this this is gonna yeah. be interesting then okay yeah um now um i mentioned last week uh how I, the the bechdel cast podcast uh they talk about movies and they were talking about the original matrix movie a few weeks ago uh-huh well they one of the hosts on that show um this was apparently not the first time they've discussed the matrix uh because sure. back before they were really popular and like monetized and anything they did a Matrix episode like years ago, and mm. one of the hosts admitted that she was busy that week and didn't actually watch the movie <laughs> beforehand. <laughs> so she went on, she went on to the show and just made like very like non-specific answers to, <laughs> to everything. <laughs> So, so, so are you like recreating that or is the- uh, not intentionally but i do feel better about what i because at least i watched you know i watched this movie that we're talking about i just yeah. don't have the full the full background on it yeah 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 it's still uh, not great but well that's okay when i watched the third one i was mostly on my phone so okay uh, yeah so um so usually you're asking me what i thought to start off but uh, uh-huh. now i'm pretty curious uh what you thought of of the matrix resurrections yeah yeah um i i liked it quite a bit um i had a good time mm-hmm. um i didn't know what they were doing for the first like 30 to 40 minutes um but i was really into it you know mm-hmm. i was just kind of like going along with it um which i think was intended even if you were caught up fully on the series um and yeah i thought it was super clever like the way they handled the whole um opening and the way it was structured like there were a lot of parallels to the way the first movie is structured yeah um and just like the way that it differs and like the commentary it has about itself basically mm-hmm. um and like its own existence and how it fits within our world and its own universe and and all that was just really cool and yeah yeah i was impressed with it it's a, a very smartly written movie um and like a lot of people have been calling it like a you know like the antithesis to the big blockbuster sequel and it manages to sort of be that like it it definitely is like making a comment commentary on that but at the same time it's it's very very much a nostalgia driven sequel too like it, it, it can it can be a commentary on the thing while also being the thing and being a, an effective version of the thing if that makes sense no no, no I, I know what you mean yeah yeah so i was into um, it quite a bit does it does it make sense if we give a a plot overview yeah i mean I, the- I don't see why not I'm, i would definitely okay. leave that to you though if you don't mind okay yeah um so Matrix Four, uh, the first half, or maybe not even half, but the first, the opening uh, segment, um, we have uh, Thomas Anderson, who who we usually know as Neo. Uh, he is actually a game designer, and it turns out that uh, the the original Matrix trilogy was just a uh, series of games that he made. These very uh, uh, critically adored, uh, uh, loved by fans, uh, massive success series of video games. Uh, Bullet that he time. The, yeah, Sorry. quick time. That he was the, uh, the creative lead, the writer, basically the the the, the guy for. Um, 
and he's working on some other kind of project. It's not really important. Uh, but then it is uh, quickly... Uh, uh, basically, uh, he's told that he has to... Uh, make a sequel to the matrix <laughs> yeah warner brothers is demanding it <laughs> yes his parent company warner brothers uh has told him that he has to make a sequel to the matrix and if he doesn't uh they're going to make it uh without him anyway um so that that is the status of things there um and uh he is being told that uh sort of uh his um his experience that we we knew him as having experienced in in the previous Matrix films, uh, art were were delusions. Uh, he had a nervous breakdown, um, and they were they're you know figments of his mind, is, is, is a coping mechanism of his mind. Um, he's seeing a psychiatrist who is played by Neil Patrick Harris, who is trying to help him through this, um, you know, uh, issues that he's having. He's taking a, a medication for these issues. Um, yeah. So but, like. Just to to intervene there, so like oh, please, yes. the the very last scene in the original Matrix is this like triumphant moment of Neo flying into the sky, yeah, off of like a roof, right? Mm -hmm. And here his like delusions and break and his breakdown um, causes him to like jump off of a roof during right. during like a, a a video game awards party. Yeah, here it is here it is framed as um, either a suicide attempt or mm -hmm. a delusion where he believed he could fly. Right, right. Um, it's yeah, sort yeah. of it's sort it's it's sort of left ambiguous at that point. Um and I think it is very funny that the game the game award he was holding looks exactly like the game awards from the the Jeff Keeley. I was going to uh, say, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's basically where we should sort of leave it. Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Be, because otherwise, if we start, if, if we, if we explain like the opening opening, it's going to start get confusing already. Mm -hmm. um, oh, it's a, it's a, com it, like it, it, as a movie, it, it flows really well and it doesn't feel as complicated as it is. But once you try to break it down, like there's a lot going on here. <laughs> yes. If you try to explain how the actual opening is, uh, like a remake of, the opening from the matrix mm -hmm. then, then yeah then you're getting uh confused because then it's neo working on a a uh base uh, uh i forget what the word they use for a it, module but he's a module of the matrix but it's it's uh it's it's just viewed as um like just a slice of the game that he's working on mm -hmm. um, rather than it being like an instance of a like pocket reality i don't know how to explain it but so yeah, so like if we start getting into that shit, it's that's really going to be incomprehensible to follow unless you mm -hmm. have seen the movie. Um so but yeah, but like that's that's sort of the setup of the movie. That's where uh Neo Thomas Anderson is at. And this um, is this is where the like meta commentary comes in because this is all a, a way for um Lana Wachowski who directed this and, and wrote the screenplay to sort of explore how she came about, you know, doing this sequel. Um right because right? like she is basically Neo in this instance and she's trying to figure out how to make or if she should make a sequel to the Matrix and kind of living with all these decisions and and the like the legacy of it and, and what all that means right yeah like you 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 um whenever he is initially told that he has to make the sequel to the matrix mm -hmm. and he is basically having ptsd sim like he's you know uh ptsd symptoms he's you know uh physically affected by like flashes of memories of you know the matrix um and like yeah it, it the, the the parallels are not hard to like they just call the the studio Warner Brothers like they don't yeah. even like 
it's it's all right there. This is not you know deep subtext. Uh, no, the, the commentary is right here. Um, but it's not it's not overdone either. It's just like okay, yeah, this is this is you know these are the stakes. This is what this is how this went down. Um, and I think I think it was done really well. Um, especially, especially because of the way it's yeah. written. It's not like it's uh, it's just like like this wry um, like you know like sense of irony to it. Uh, where it it just sort of works. It's just like ah yeah you know what the hell you're gonna do like this is you got to make a matrix like so yeah <laughs> like, and the way just... that the way that it sort of not to go into spoilers for what happens beyond that but like the way it seamless seamlessly fits into the larger story like of you know the movie and where the direction it's headed is really cool as well like it just mm-hmm. fits really well with everything that they were doing in this film yeah um how did you feel about uh our new morpheus um so that's one thing i was a little bit unsure about um not having known the sort of fate or full arc of morpheus throughout the you know the three movies um i honestly didn't know what to make of it because of Mm -hmm. that so it's a different if it's a different actor it's it's not lawrence fishburne it's not lawrence fishburne it is a different actor. Um, spoilers, not really. It's 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 explained in the beginning ish. Uh, it's a different Morpheus. Okay. Yeah, that I also couldn't quite grasp. Like what? Like it, it seemed more like he was like a sentient AI than he was like a person. Yes. Yes. He is basically a uh, Neo's AI recreation of Morpheus. Okay. So it is a different character, basically. Um, now, do we know any background about why Fishburne isn't in this movie? From what I saw, uh, he was not approached to reprise the role. Oh, interesting. Um, and neither was, uh, oh, God, what's his name? I, I, I always call him Elrond from Lord of the Rings because that's what I know him best as. But uh, Smith, Agent Smith. Oh, he wasn't um, asked either. No. So it's, see, so I it's, assume that both of these actors were replacements because, for whatever reason, they couldn't get those two. No, that's what I saw. I don't know how accurate that is. I don't okay. know how true that is. But that's what I saw. Is they were not they were not even approached to uh, take their old roles back. Uh, so that's why you have this different Morpheus, and you have a different Smith who was the um the kid from uh 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 uh, uh fuck. Uh, Mindhunter on Netflix. Oh, is that what he was from? I was trying. I yeah, knew I'd yeah, seen yeah, him yeah. in something, but I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. quite place it. Yeah. Um. Um. So, yeah, that's interesting. So if if it, I guess it's trickier than if you didn't if I thought they explained it decently enough that he was like, oh, this is not the same Morpheus, but it's like. So I, I should also Morpheus. I, I should also um, mention. <laughs> Um, (laughs) when it comes to, I mean, I especially struggled with this, like in what I saw of the second matrix movie. And it was also a bit of an issue for me here. The, the sort of like tech, the tech side and like the science fiction-y side of this franchise. Yeah. And the sequences of like dialogue where they explain why things are happening and what's happening and all that. I sort of like yada yada it. Um, Sure. And so they probably (laughs) did explain that effectively, but I just kind of, that's not what I'm really interested in here. Like for me, yeah. like the driving force of this movie is Neo and Trinity. Right. Well, yeah. And 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 that really is for you know the, the core of it anyway. Like that's not just for me. That's like what the core of the movie is, right? But yeah. Um. Yeah. It's like the human side of it is what interests me, and like the sci-fi stuff isn't doesn't really grab me the same way. I kind of like not tune out, but like kind of just like you know yeah. gloss over I, some of that stuff. No, I definitely know what you mean. For me, I have to 
pick and choose what I sort of like glaze my eyes for whenever they're yeah. rapidly explaining things mm-hmm. and what I feel like I it's like, oh, I probably need to pay attention to that. So like the Morpheus stuff, I was like, okay, I really want to know what's going on with this Morpheus. So I should probably give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I guess I picked that up. Yeah, no, that, that's important, and I think it's probably much more interesting if you had <laughs> watched the entire trilogy. <laughs> yeah, well, because um, if you remember, well, you, I guess you don't, <laughs> but <laughs> the second one, whenever they go see the old lady again. Mm-hmm, I did see that. That was before the big uh, fight with all the um, the like yeah. million agent Smiths. I did get through that, yeah. Yes, and so sh- she's a different actress. Uh-huh. from the previous one and she explains right. she's like oh i probably look different right and then she kind of explains why she's different but not really mm-hmm. um well it turns out in that instance the previous actress died and so oh, okay so they had to recast the role if they were going to still use that character uh and so they decide to actually explain it in uh in the fiction right um but then that's one of the other things where <laughs> it's actually fully explained in that video game from the PlayStation 2. Oh, man. So, so they, they sort of explain why she looks different. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm a program, so programs can change appearance. That's basically the gist of what she gives. But then in the video game, it's like she made a bet with the French guy or whatever in order to save the the little girl. Okay. From the, from the third... Oh, that was the third one. Oh, there was also a little girl in the first movie. Was there? Or, yeah, because he's waiting. He's like waiting for something, and he's he's um he's like in this place that's like got all these children with like I guess like similar abilities to him, right? I don't know. I don't remember there, that at all. But um, the, yeah, there, there was a scene. The one, that's the one that I saw the furthest away. So. Okay, okay, it's it's really not relevant. There, this is a different child you're talking about. Um, yes, it is. The, yes, yes. At least I think it is because. That little girl that the Oracle saves by dealing with the French guy uh, is like a big, a major thing for the third movie mm-hmm. with the train. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna say you didn't. That's the one you didn't see. But well, then, I mean, in, in case you know, you can be specific because if people are somebody's listening and they have seen those movies, then you can just talk about it freely. Like I don't care. Yeah. I didn't watch these because I'm, I wasn't I'm particularly. Trying, I'm trying to talk about it freely, but it's just yeah. like saying the train is specific because there was a guy. His name was like the train master or some shit like that. Sure, it was. Because <laughs> uh, Neo was stuck down in the, in the like the train hell. It was like a purgatory zone where mm-hmm. he was stuck, uh, and the family was there with the little girl. Anyway, so the Oracle. You could literally be saying anything, and I would believe it. I know, I know. Anyway, the Oracle saves that little girl, so she she's allowed to come back. Um, and so that's the um. That's like she grows up to be that young woman that they talk to in the fort in this in this new one mm-hmm. who is basically helping them formulate the plan to do all the shit. Oh, man, there's like an extended like 10 minutes where they're going step by step through the plan. And I don't think I caught a single detail of that. <laughs> no, me either. I was like, OK, they're going to go through the plan and then they're going to do it. I'll watch them. Exactly. Do it. Exactly. That was <laughs> that was my whole thing. But anyway, that 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 girl that that young woman was the girl and it's the same actress she grew up because oh, that's really fucking, cool it was like 20 years ago yeah um, and I yeah, they also like, they oh, also hey. wrote into the story how it's only been like 20 years for for keanu for neo yeah even though it's been much longer for everybody else it's like this this explains how he looks so young <laughs> and he looks the same yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i love that that was really good um but but then 
You know what was actually really strange was whenever uh, they shave his head and he actually looked really old suddenly. Um, yeah. Yeah, he does so look it, younger with the with with the uh, John Wick hair. Yeah, it's amazing what the hair and the beard does because whenever mm-hmm. they whenever he goes back to being the shaved Neo from I don't know what to call it whenever they're back in uh I don't know uh like ragtown. I don't I, I like you know whenever they're just like dressed I, honestly, in rags. I or felt whatever. like that kind of works though because I just took it as like this person who's been trapped in a pod for two decades and hasn't or even even longer than that or whatever and hasn't seen the sun. <laughs> no, no, no. It totally works, but it was it just works, str- yeah. it was just strange to see old Keanu mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. whenever he like looks like he doesn't age. Right. Um but anyway, I we were talking about Morpheus. Um, yeah, it, it's it's weird to me. I think without the knowledge that it's uh, sort of an AI like playing at Morpheus, and like if they just try to say like, oh no, this is just Morpheus now. Like this this was him the whole time. I think uh, it would be like actually really bad. Um, especially yeah. because it's uh, th- that actor what felt like he was doing uh, an impression of Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that they basically told him to do that uh, rather than him like just sort of like, oh, I'm Morpheus, so I need to act like Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yeah, because- it's, it's cool how like they, you know, they're, they're making a sequel to a movie that came out almost 20 years ago and they have all these different things that um, they deal with, whether it's like a different actor or like aging or whatever. And and to, to come up with like clever ways within the, the universe and the story to to explain them away is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that really cemented this for me was that like he's he's acting like Lawrence Fishburne was uh the way he says neo like the like the way he like delivers that is like trying to do it the way Lawrence Fishburne does cuz that was like yeah. so fucking iconic for me uh just the way he delivers that um and he gets I, he gets kind of close like he can't do it exactly but um I'd still like to know why they didn't approach him cuz like on the one hand having a different actor like the way the movie is set up where there's a lot of like stuff that you as the viewer don't know and so you meet this guy before you know that he's Morpheus right yes so like having a different actor works in that sense but like I still would have rather had Fisher of course me too yeah um but I, so the uh, I think another part of it is that they wanted to keep the weird ass canon mm-hmm. because I had always heard this and I didn't, this is the one part I didn't look into too deeply. I always just kind of took it as fact was that, oh yeah, Morpheus dies in the Matrix online MMO oh, no. and, that, and and that's canon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. That's and incredible. Then all of, and all of a sudden they made a fourth movie that Lawrence Fishburne isn't in. And I'm like, oh, so they really did that. Uh, and then in the movie, like they're explaining in the cave or whatever, he's like, yeah, yeah, we elected Morpheus, uh, Emperor of Forever. And then he fucking died. Yeah. And I, like, oh. and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I guess that happened in the MMO, right? <laughs> so- wow. Okay. I, I actually respect it more now that I've just learned that. That's. Yeah, but then it's like okay, but you're still using a Morpheus, so you still could have you still could have used Fishburne and and still explained it away. Right, but then does it lose the impact of the real Morpheus being dead if you just bring him back as Lawrence Fishburne AI? Probably, but it's like okay, he died off screen in a game that nobody played. Yeah, it's like shouldn't are you really char- sticking to shouldn't, that? Shouldn't a central character have a better send off? Or you, you would know. think. <laughs> you would think. But, it, but like that that goes back to it. It's like clearly the Wachowskis were done with this 
franchise, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that doesn't it's, explain it right there. It's... Yeah, they were they were they were done. They had handed it off. Like I was looking mm-hmm. at their like whole process to like giving the okay to the MMO. Basically, they're like, yeah, this is great. Like this is going to be the future of gaming. Blah 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 blah. Because they're like enormous gamers and all this shit. Uh, and it's like, yeah, we're giving the story to the fans or, you know, whatever. And so it's like, yeah, take, take the matrix world and you go, you go make things with it. Um, and so they're like, yeah, that's it. We're done. Uh, and so yeah, in, in canon, in the MMO, Morpheus dies. (laughs) I don't know if that's like the finale of the game or if that's just like a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because uh, I'd always heard stories about how players like staged uh, funerals and vigils for him in game oh, wow. and all this kinds of shit. Um, and so, yeah, so it's like clearly they were not going back to this world. And then it's like, well, now that you are, you want to encompass everything. Because like if you, you would want to include something that the biggest Matrix diehards can you know appreciate and like really sink their teeth into right and so right but also make it make sense for everybody else yeah and so like i guess the best way to do that is to respect the canon of a game that like a thousand people played (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know it's 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 really fascinating um yeah so you Uh, liked it i i enjoyed it yeah there were some just like weird technical things like um like so much of it is like so well made technically and then there are just moments that like frankly look like shit Mm -hmm. that really take you out of it um and it's like i don't know if this needed more time i thought it was delayed a bunch but i don't know the specifics on that um or if like there was some intentionality or what was going on yeah it's a little hard to tell right because this i'm sure the stuff that you're talking about is happening in the matrix itself which has all sorts of like quirks and and things happening that are outside of like reality right yeah so like those bits like you can usually uh get a handle on it's like oh yeah this is meant to look like it's an actual set or something because it's there are layers of uh you know like fourth walls upon fourth walls essentially Mm -hmm. Uh, something along those lines. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's, uh, I was going to make an Evangelion reference, but that would be lost on. So, <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's a part in the fourth movie where, um, the fourth Evangelion movie or this movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Y- y- thank you for catching that. In the fourth Evangelion movie, <laughs> God in heaven, uh, where there's a shot of uh, the characters on a stage, like suddenly, like the camera just like snaps back, and mm-hmm. the characters are not in scene; they're on a stage, and it's like this weird whiplash. Like, oh fuck, these are characters, like these are actors, but they're animate. Like, it's like this weird shift. So there, there are things like that, like in the Matrix, because there's yeah. like these layers of separation. The Neil um, Patrick Harris stuff was so cool. That that's what I mean. Like that stuff with his time bending shit. Yeah, was like, oh yeah, it's like, how do we, how do we make bullet time cooler? Basically, mm-hmm. uh, well, we have to find something, and we did. Um, but then there is just stuff that like just looks really bad and cheap. Um, like whenever they take the pill and they're acting like they're drunk, and <laughs> and the camera goes to like two frames a second. Yeah, uh, that just looked really bad and cheap. Yeah, it's um, weird because this was a franchise that was on the cutting edge visually. Yes. And yeah. and for the most part, this new one does hold up to like modern, you know, visual standards and whatnot. Um, and in some ways even does stuff that you don't really see. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are those moments that are like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and uh, what was another one? 
Um, the the fight scene in I don't know what to call it that like dusty area with the uh like the scaffolding. Uh-huh. Um, that was like pretty muddled and hard to make out what was going on. It was like it was like very modern fight scene rather than like Matrix standard fight yes. scene. Yeah, where like all the shots are too close and there's quick cuts and everything's kind of brown and so you can't really see what's going on. Who is the uh, um Who is the guy complaining about the old man complaining about like kids and their phones? Yeah, that was the that's the French guy from is that two the, and is, three. Um, I guess I must not have gotten to him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. For whatever reason, he's like a big character. In two and three. Okay. Um, and then they like now all of a sudden he he was like this French uh basically an information broker that they had to uh keep going to for uh one MacGuffin after another, basically, and he was oh, trying sure. to screw them over. Um and he was just this very fancy dude and he would talk philosophically about uh language and sex for the most part, you know, like finer things and all this kinds of shit. So and what so happened now, to him? <laughs> Exactly. No, and that, 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 at the beginning, that's why he's like, oh, this is all your fucking fault, Neo. And that's why he's like, that's all these kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, and so then all of a sudden he's, yeah, he's like, so then first he was blaming Neo. And all of a sudden he's like ranting about uh, people on their phones and Facebook. Yeah, and, he turned and, into a boomer very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, while, like, w- while they're doing this fight scene. That part I liked. I just didn't like how muddled the fight scene itself was. There was a good um, bit of humor too when the fight scene ends and like the dust settles and he's just standing there <laughs> and he's like, yeah. okay, I guess I'm leaving now. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, shit. And then he leaves. But but what uh, is crazy about that sequence is that um, that fight scene with like all these different people and it's switching all these angles and it's too close and it just looks like a modern crummy Marvel fight scene. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately goes into a Neo versus Smith fight. Yeah. It looks fucking amazing it looks like the matrix it looks like the matrix it looks so good uh and like the dialogue between the two is really good i thought the i, I forget his name but the kid from mindhunter i'm gonna call he him plays a good he's smith probably, he's, yeah he's probably 32 but <laughs> uh yeah his, his smith was great i actually really liked that aspect of it like you knew um, who he was before before they they technically reveal who he's you, you really did yeah and he wasn't doing um an impression either he just no. had this uh, this aura about him um, as this young, slick bastard, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, he was fantastic. Uh, and that fight scene was incredible. Um, just the way that they're just wailing on each other. No, just uh, killing each other, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because for in the second and third movies, I never completely bought into the whole uh, Neo versus Smith, like as foils thing or like, you know, two sides of the same coin. I yeah, they kept referring really... to that, um, which I didn't have too much familiarity with that whole thing. I just kind of rolled with it. Yeah, I, n- I never really got it. I never really bought into it. Um, it just felt like Smith kept popping up and Neo kept, kept beating his ass. That's kind of <laughs> how, how it felt to me. Yeah. Um, a little but one sided. One, but in this one, for whatever reason, it worked. And mm-hmm. I don't know what changed specifically, but I like actually was like feeling it and bought into it. Like that the, these two were like really connected and like sort of can't escape each other uh, in a way that I didn't get in the previous movies. And I don't know what changed. I, could, I truly um, could not say. <laughs> right, exactly. But it, it's something I was thinking about and I've been thinking about it since and I still can't put my finger on it but in the but it does one, it does make a turn it, it does make a turn that happens later on the film pretty effective it does yeah and it's basically all right yeah it's like you know you, I'll help you now but it's like 
we're still fucking stuck, to, you know, stuck together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it and it works for me. It really does. Um, but yeah, back back to my whole like, there there are some parts that look amazing and like the Matrix and will definitely hold up, you know, in another twenty years. And then there is just stuff that automatically look really bad. The 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 train sequence is another sequence that looked pretty bad. Um, another muddled thing. And because then I think they also took the pill at that point too. So then it went to two frames a second. Uh, that was messy. And then the thing that really, really, really took me out was Jada Pinkett Smith. That was it was cool was... to see her, but yeah, the the ma- you're talking about specific specifically the the aging uh, makeup that they did on her, right? The makeup, yes, yes, and then her doing the oh I'm an old lady now voice was not good yeah <laughs> it was not good and it and also like, didn't help that her character like in this movie was ba- like all her scenes were just like info dumps where, where she's like explaining what has happened in the time that neo has been absent yeah so there wasn't a whole lot that she had to work with for her like as her own character um yeah like she except, did have like the the struggle like, oh. of like trying to keep the community like keeping her community safe versus helping out neo and and all that but yeah i guess there was the the bit where she's like oh i I, i'm an old lady lesbian now it's like okay (laughs) yeah like like good for you um but yeah the 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 performance of her just putting on the old lady voice the makeup looked really really bad really bad well this is Um, we were talking about this a little bit last week it's that when these characters are in the matrix everything's really cool and then when they leave it it's like there's like a coldness that that takes over and it's it you can kind of see everything it's almost like if you go into one of those like public restrooms with the bad lighting you know (laughs) and you look in the the yellowed yeah yeah you look in the mirror and and nothing really is the same as you thought it was in your head Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, is it trying to say something there? Because that's sort of what all the humans are trying to get to is that status of living, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the ma- the Matrix is a lie. It's this false reality. It's this false happiness. But you're trying to get to Ragworld. You're trying mm-hmm. to get to, you know, you're, you're, you're eating dirt. You know, you're fighting off machine uh, sentient life forms. Uh, there's no sunlight, you know, I still don't understand like where they are physically. <laughs> I, st- I still don't. I still don't. I feel like they're like underwater. I, I like they're no like idea. the bottom of the ocean or something. I don't know. I have no idea where they're located. I still don't. Um, and it's like, but that's that, like, that's the, that's the reality that they're desperately trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and it sucks shit. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks ass. But it's real uh, and it's true. And you know, you have your agency and it's. But everybody's you know? a miserable sob, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you're just as miserable in the Matrix. You just don't know. I suppose. I suppose that's really what it is. But um, but it, it doesn't make for an interesting visual, and it doesn't. It's not. It's not as compelling. It's just not nearly as compelling. Um, and that that is a problem that all of the Matrix movies had. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that was the biggest issue with the third one was that that's where you spend the majority of the time was in Ragworld. Mm -hmm. um and yeah that was a slog to get through and like that's that's where like the the big plot shit happens is in rag world but that's just what i'm gonna call it from now on zion oh right 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 no but wasn't that that was just the one city right oh well zion was the original and this one was called io yeah because that matters uh because because morpheus is fucking dead yeah uh i don't know 
Um, but like that's where all like the big plot things happen. You know, it's like you got to save Trinity. You got to do all this. You know, all these mm-hmm. things. And it's like I don't like it here. <laughs> <laughs> this this is boring. This kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a problem that even this movie, for as uh, good as it is it still doesn't overcome that. Yeah, um, actually, you, when you put it that way, it's like the Matrix is, when you're in the Matrix, it's the visually interesting thing for the viewer of the movie, but it's the thing everybody's trying to escape. Yeah. So that is yeah. interesting, that sort of, uh, like, uh, contradiction there. Yeah. Um. But then, I guess, so then, so then what is, uh, this is like the open-ended question of the movie, is, well, what does the ending mean, right? Mm-hmm. Where Where Neo and Trinity say that they're going to remake the matrix well, wh- well what does that mean then you- you'd think they would just destroy the whole fucking thing yeah you think by now they would learn right <laughs> yeah you can't you can't exist in this in this uh this made-up world without something going wrong it's no matter how how you rework it to to how you want it to be something's always going to go wrong yeah but then so. at the same time neon trinity are the ones in the matrix that are the ones with agency mm-hmm. like they're the ones that can fucking fly and you know stop bullets and like they're superheroes right well so this is one thing i wasn't sure about so like are there any actual real human beings still stuck in the matrix or are they all just like are all the quote-unquote people in the matrix just like the the quote-unquote swarms the the like robots in disguise i believe they were saying that they were there were still people connected into the pods okay because they were like well we can't go like it was so dangerous to get neo out uh and we can't even get our like some of our own people out blah 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 blah. and so now we're gonna go back for trinity and like no we can't do that okay yes they couldn't justify their own people but they they went and and tried to rescue trinity yeah well they went they went rescued neo because he's you know he's super important yeah yeah. um and that's why they're like they were like hemming and hawing about trinity Mm -hmm. um even though whenever they touch they get this feeling and blah 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 <laughs> so they had to go get her too. Um but yeah, but it's like now they have like this, the powers of creation or whatever in the matrix and so it's like okay, are you are you going to make it so that you can live there forever now and it's not feeding a machine? Like what is the what is the goal? Yeah, like is the goal to remake the world we live in just with having agency in it? Like cuz I don't think that holds up with the original movies um like messaging when it comes to like anti-capitalism and stuff. Right. So that that is an interesting question. I don't know. Like, is there intention to make a fifth one? Uh, I'm sure Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers wants to. Yeah. Uh, huh. But uh, I, I, it seems like the Wachowskis were done before. I'm, I'd imagine they're done now. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I would because, think so. Because the other one, um, like, didn't want to direct it at all. Uh, and just has the co-writing credit. Yeah, um, this one is just directed by by Lana. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um. It seemed they might be locked in to if Warner Brothers just keeps saying, hey, we're going to make it with or without you, know, you, with or without you. And like you're stuck. What's the What's, the line Neo says a million times? Do I really have a choice? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like she's living in her own matrix with the, yeah. <laughs> her ties to Warner Brothers. Yeah. It really is. So, it, it's such a clever movie when it comes to the the self awareness. I really, it is. really appreciated all that stuff. It was it was very cool. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's totally the stuff that like hooks you and works mm-hmm. best. Um, and the actual Matrix stuff itself. Um, mm-hmm. and and then and then this the the Neo Trinity connection, which is the only saving grace of Ragworld. It's like that is basically it. It's like you have all these other characters. I think some of the new characters, the the um, 
what was her name? Glitch or whatever. The the, mm-hmm. the new character they introduced. Oh, the whatever. team. The team was good. Yeah. Like the team it's, that he was working with was good. Yeah. It's just that they're in they're in that world and they don't really have much to do. No. Um. It's no. whenever they were in the Matrix that like things were happening. You know, it was. Well, it's funny. It's like Neo gets thrown. Neo gets thrown into um like uh, a room. Like they lock him up. Yeah. In in IO. And he, he has a balcony, and I'm like, oh, they're just they're just gonna pick him up. <laughs> and literally two seconds later, <laughs> yeah. they pick up the ship, shows up and picks him up, and they take off. So they wasted no time, which was good. I, I, yeah, I guess they wanted to maybe fake you out a little bit because the the guard was like, is like, hey, settle a bet. He's like, could you really fly? And he's like, yeah, I could fly. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like he he can't anymore. And then he goes to the balcony, and he's like, oh, he could fly away. Oh, wait, he can't fly anymore. And then they right. come in. With right. the ship. Um, and it was cool yeah. how uh, Morpheus materialized through the like the vents or whatever. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, nice, a cool little visual thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good movie. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I didn't get hung up on the what I didn't really wasn't really invested in when it comes to the, the sequels, the earlier sequels. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think this movie. I, I think it requires the first one for sure because, like, structurally, there's a lot. They have a lot in common. There, it, 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 it um, references back to the first movie. I think a lot more than it does the second and third. Um, yeah, I would say so. Structurally, definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, like there are a lot of nods when it comes to like different plot points and just like narrative beats and stuff. Yeah, there's just like those those, those threads of characters. Like I, f- I forget what the character was named. Sh- Shawnee. Anyway, she was the little girl in three, and then is uh, an adult mm-hmm. in, in four. You know, and is the same actress, and so so things like that. Um, and then, like I guess, the other big moment in the third one was is when um, Neo and Trinity go off on their own to the Machine City. Well, they showed that crash like five times. They kept showing the crash, and I was like, okay, yeah, 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 we got it, we got it, we got it. And so, like, that was basically the other thing. Yeah, so. yeah. So it didn't take that much of piecing things together on my on my part. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta you just gotta try to find a private server that's still hosting uh, the Matrix online. Trying to keep it alive so you can witness <laughs> uh, Morpheus's death, um, and then maybe you I'll play... check out the uh, the new Unreal Engine thing, which I still don't know how that fits in, if at I all. Don't, yeah, yeah. Then you got to play the PS2 game uh, to see how in the third one how they turned off the reactor for uh, Neo and Trinity to get into the Machine City. Um, <laughs> yeah, see the logistics of how they get to A to B or how they execute a plan. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like but it's no, cool. Like, the, like it's cool if you get into that, but I it, don't. It's I just, just that's just the one moment where in the third movie they're like, okay, you guys, you have to go take a team and go to this reactor facility and turn it off. And then like in the next sequence, it's like, okay, yep, they turned it off, cool. Yeah. And then that whole section is like the crux of that video game. Is <laughs> 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 they're just doing it? It's just like it's totally off screen. Totally, completely, but like they set it up as this big thing in the movie. It's mm-hmm. like you, 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 and you got to go. It's like, well, how how long do we have? Blah 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 blah, and like all this other shit. Um, yeah, the weird tie-ins. But that's the Matrix. Yeah, that's the Matrix. I think I call it on the very last day that it was on HBO Max. Oh, nice. Hey. Yeah, I didn't know it would be leaving. 
Yeah, so that this is like the last of their day and date, um, like theater, like same day oh. theater releases. And so for each of those, they have them on the streaming service for 30 days. Then they take them off for a period of time where you can like rent them, oh, like okay. on other like services. And then yeah, eventually, yeah. after a few months, they'll come back on. I see. So it'll be back in like a couple of months. The Matrix will return. <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't Rage Against the Machine this time, but I, I the, the okay. ending credits song okay. was really good. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I almost forgot. Thank you for reminding me. We have to talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh, we're not going to get to my dry saddle thing, are we? Probably not. <sighs> <laughs> probably not. Man, <laughs> probably not. So the song, the 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 movie. Can we just ends... can we just go extra long today? We're probably going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie ends, and then the credits roll. Over uh, oh, I thought you were transitioning into the um the festival stuff. Not even, not even yet. We haven't. I thought that's Matrix what you yet. were doing. Oh no, my we goodness. haven't left the Matrix yet. Wait, do you want to stop recording after this and then just have the festival stuff be next week's? We could do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the movie ends and the credits roll over a Rage Against the Machine brass cover band. Wait, is that what that was? Yes. Called oh. Brass Against. Now. Brass now. Against. Brass Against. Now. That sounds like it would be like a Rise Against cover band. You would think, but no. They're a Rage Against the Machine cover band. Now. They got into the news a couple months ago because at a show, the lead vocalist pissed all over a dude's face on stage. Like, was there consent? Oh, yes, indeedy. Okay. <laughs> he was wearing a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the one with, uh, you know, rated for waterproof. Yeah. So uh, there was video footage of it because here's a lady pulling down her pants and pissing all over a dude's face. Um, and so that went crazy. Uh, then they started like furiously apologizing for it. Then there were just lots of people saying, why are you apologizing? It's the coolest thing I ever saw. <laughs> yeah. So... Whenever I heard a brass cover of Rage Against the Machine ending the fourth Matrix movie, I had to quickly confirm and see if it was Brass Against. And of course it was, because how many brass <laughs> Rage Against the Machine cover bands are there? They sort of own that market, yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, and they're trying to corner the piss on the face on stage market as well. I mean, so, was this show, uh, hopefully the show is 18 plus, right? Because like it's uh, one thing, it's one it was thing to- some kind of festival. Okay. Uh, it was definitely, it was definitely an adult that got pissed on. It was a, it was a man well, in Well, 50s. I mean, but there's also, you have to think there's also audience members. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's people witnessing. Yeah. With the backsplash. Yeah. Um, well, no, and also just witnessing that act. They were, they were not, um, it was some kind of festival. Uh, they, they were not heavily um, attended. Okay. Uh because who wants to see a Rage Against the Machine brass cover band? Well, you know, um, COVID prevented concerts from happening for a long time. This is like your only chance to get and, out and, and this, see something. And this, is, and this is why. And this is why. Because you have people going around just pissing <laughs> all over the stage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder what, the, um, what the royalties are for that, for getting onto the Matrix credits. And why they went with the cover band route versus... Like, yeah, is that cheaper? I don't know. It's Warner um, Brothers. Like, why should it matter? <laughs> you would think Warner Brothers actually probably has the Rage Against the Machine original. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? Like, there's probably good odds of that. Um, 
But yeah, maybe maybe this is like some sort of like this is going this is in line with like the commentary they're making, like the whole meta aspect of the film. Like it's not the original Rage Against the Machine. It's like it's like oh, okay. a different version of them. Right. Like it's right, right, right. This is not the Morpheus, you know, this is not the Rage Against the Machine, you know. Yeah, it's a pissier version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, speaking of pissy, can I can I please can I share this this dry yes. cycle thing? Yes, I feel like that's the perfect segue. I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> Um, I just, I want to talk hockey for a brief moment and I hope that doesn't turn people away because I think this is worth it. This was a, uh, I have a soundbite here from uh-huh. an interview earlier this week. So just, just to set this up briefly, the Edmonton Oilers are a struggling hockey team. Um, they started out the season really well. They've been on a pretty bad run the past couple months. Um, I heard fact, they I haven't s- won a game in like a calendar month. Well, they also haven't played many. Uh, they've had some postponements. Yeah. So, like, that could be true, but it's also – that's a little bit um, exaggerated just because of the amount of games they played. They did lose 6 nothing last night to Florida, so – Well, yeah. um, but anyway, so they're they're it's it's tough because this team is it's struggling and there's a lot of like front office decisions that contribute to that. Um, the team is very poorly managed on like an executive level, um, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and and it's so frustrating because they have the two best players in the league. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Conrad David and, and Leon Dreisaitl. So they have the two most productive, uh, highest scoring players in the league, and they still are losing a lot. Um, and so anyway, so, you know, hockey players, uh, they have press conferences, they talk to the media. There's a, a one reporter, I forget his name, he's been working in like hockey journalism for like 50 years, and uh, he's covered the Oilers for a long time. And so he asked uh, Leon Dreisaitl, one of the stars, uh, some questions. And this is in the midst of their their struggling period in Leon's, you know, well, I'll just, I'll just play it. I'll just play it. I'll send you the link here. Did you think over the last two years you've been second in your division and you showed a lot of maturity, but now you've lost six in a row twice did you think your team was past that not getting into these long losing streaks sure yeah um lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing what do you think's the number one reason for the losses now is there is there one thing that you in your own mind you're saying we got to get better at that yeah we ha- we have to get better at everything would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your question. Yeah, you are. Whenever I ask you a question. I gave you an answer. Not very good one. Okay. Well, I have one more for you. Leon, you show your frustration <laughs> on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah, it's a great thing, for sure. Good. Yeah. Okay. Why are you so pissy? Why are you so pissy, Leon? What's amazing is, like, you know how, like, there's the stereotype of, like, Canadians are nicer than, like, everybody else? Yeah. I love how in Canada, a reporter gets to ask a a player, why are you so pissy? And then he gets a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he isn't um, just shut down immediately. Well, the PR handler, you can kind of hear it in the back, was trying to end the session. Uh-huh. This guy was a little assertive. You can tell he's, like you said, he's been working. He's for been doing years. it. Yeah, he feels uh, entitled for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like, 
there's tempers are gonna flare whenever you're losing that badly for like this long of a period. Um, I thought this was and, hilarious. A reporter asking Leon Dreisaitl yeah. why he's so pissy. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, it's such a good soundbite. But yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, Leon had the little jab where he's like, you know everything, right? Mm-hmm. But, st- but like, come on, like that is like the most unprofessional. Like, why are you so pissy? That is the it most is. unprofessional thing. But I mean, like, th- there. This is a this is a tough situation for both sides here because on the on the one side you've got a reporter that has to keep writing about this fucking team mm-hmm. and trying to provide color to like writing about how they keep losing and are basically doing nothing right. Yeah. Like both 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 sides know that they're doing nothing right. Um I so, okay, sorry. Before bef- before that, he is asking pretty good questions. Like he's like, "What do you think is like the biggest issue with the team right now basically?" And he's like, "If you could if you could pin it on one thing, like what's an area where the team has to improve?" Um and he says everything, and that's Which is true, true. yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't really give him anything to work with in terms of writing. So he's like, "Okay, he, like he's he's asking a follow-up. He's like, "All right, you know, um even though they both know that that's true, right? Mm-hmm. But that's an answer that does him no favors in terms of trying to yeah, write But it's something. not Leon's job to do him to help No, no, like, no. To- no, 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 it's absolutely not. It's not yeah. at all. Like he gives him answers. Mm-hmm. The the only the only answer that was, you know, shitty was the one where he's like, you know, giving him some lip, right? Right. Uh, and he's he has every right to do that, too. Uh, so it's just there's like there's like a push and pull here. You know, there is there um, is a dynamic. And I think it's one that's already been established before this uh, soundbite because they have a, a, you know, a relationship. They've had to interact with each other before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of so. course. A reporter covering a team for a long time, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the other thing you have to factor in is um, wh- what is dry settles nationality? German. He's German. Yeah. OK. Uh, Canadians, on the whole, are uh, kind of nationalistic okay. in hockey, where um, they usually, whenever a team is struggling or a, a player fucks up, like has a really bad giveaway or whatever, they are quicker to forgive a Canadian player than one of another nationality, especially European. Um, I wasn't aware they, of this. They favor good old Canadian boys over oh. other nationalities. Interesting. Um so I don't know this reporter's background. I don't know like what kind of stuff he writes. Uh, so I don't know his disposition towards certain players. Um, but knowing that, uh, he might have needled Drysaddle in the past more mm-hmm. specifically. Like, is this how he would approach McDavid? Uh, I really doubt it. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of the sense I get. Uh, like, so it's like really, a double standard going on here. I think so because having followed hockey for basically my whole life. Um, European players get the short end of the stick, especially from Canadian media, um, even whenever they are on top of the world. Uh, so Which I Leon really, is on top of the world here because he's yes. the second highest points getter in the league. Yes. Uh, so I really doubt he would have called McDavid pissy because McDavid is a good Canadian boy. No, so that's the, it's the two hour mark. It's that's what happens. Yeah. It's like the brain goes to mush. Yeah. Um, so so what what are you what are you, to... what are you doing this weekend? Uh, yeah. <laughs> play some two K. <laughs> yeah, we, we we took we took some notes last week. Yeah, we did. You know about topics that we should uh, maybe avoid, and then we just went. You know what? 
We just, we said we went in and we said fuck it. We went in. <laughs> oh god. Uh thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead End Road. Check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Dead End Road TV. Um the, the podcast shows up on the Facebook feed somehow because I'm seeing engagement on it, but I can't see it myself. So I don't know how that works. Who's Paul Schrader? Um <laughs> maybe. Um, so if anybody would like to report back to me, oh wait, are we doing a movie next week? Oh, are we? Do you you want to? Because I have one. (laughs) (laughs) We can. (laughs) Yeah. It was one I picked because I thought it might be of interest to you. Okay, because yeah, literally all I have now is the festival thing. So yeah, we could. Yeah, I I figure we could watch uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, Joel Cohen's Joel Cohen's new one with uh, Denzel Washington and uh, Francis McDormand. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Shakespeare adaptation. Yeah. Pretty interesting that like this week. Uh, Lana Wachowski went solo, and now uh, Joel Cohen's going solo for the first time. Hey, these duos, you know, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if anybody could tell me how the podcast looks on the Facebook page, if you have Facebook, uh, I, 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 I'd be very curious because I, I see people liking it, but I can't I can't see it. It's very strange to me. Um, anyway, twitch.tv slash gender of TV. I'm going to be streaming 14 raids. Nobody gives a flying fuck about that. Uh, YouTube search for Dead Road TV. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're done. All right. Rain's melting. We'll see you next time. <laughs>